church family. Um, we are going to finish our little brief study through the book of Philemon. Uh, if you recall, uh, we were just kind of going through this book. Um, the point, the, the main point that I was trying to get at is that as Christians, we need to view forgiveness different from the world. Uh, the way that the world views forgiveness is is always, uh, it's, it's almost like a workspace salvation. You can, if, if I've done something wrong to someone else, there are a lot of things I need to do in order for others to be able to uh, finally be reconciled. Um, we don't live in a world where uh, losing what we have for sake of unity is better than um, is what was what expected. Uh, the world wants vengeance. The world doesn't actually want um, forgiveness. Um, and I think the Bible is clear that the reason why we forgive is because what God has done for us. Um, we looked at how uh, Paul uh, is really being a peacemaker here between um, Philemon and Onesimus. He speaks of Philemon's character, how he's always trying to uh, love those that are in the faith, and especially to, uh, towards the saints. Uh, he, verse 5, he said he, he's, he's heard of his love and, um, and how, uh, he's just a, how he's refreshed other people. Um, verse 7, For I come to have much joy and comfort in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. And uh, he had confidence that uh, Philemon will do the, the right thing, the proper thing, uh, when Onesimus returns. Onesimus was a slave um, that ran away uh, from uh, Philemon, and now at, at some point in, during his journey we ran away, he probably met, or he did meet Paul, uh, probably somewhere in Rome, and uh, when he got saved, Paul uh, understands and sees, uh, it's probably just like asking him a question, where were you, where were you slave from, who's your master, and then he explains, oh, I, I, my master's name was Philemon, and like, oh, was it the same Philemon from Colossae, Colossian or Colossae? He's like, yeah, that Philemon. And <coughs> and Paul tells uh, Onesimus to do the right thing, to go back and, and, and restore that relationship that you have with Philemon. And I think that's a template for us as Christians in the church, that we need to be people that are willing to reconcile with whoever uh, we have conflict with, whether it's someone that Sin, especially those that sin against us, but if we sin against someone and, and we can see how our actions hurt them, we need to take the initiative to make things right. Uh, part of what the church is supposed to be is that we're supposed to be united. We're supposed to be people that are united in, uh, in, the, in, the, in the joys uh, of being a Christian. And uh, we forgive because Christ has forgiven us. Uh, yesterday we talked about how uh, there's... Uh, that Paul, when he was speaking to uh, Philemon, he knows that um, he's going to do the right thing. He trusts that he will do the right thing, and that uh, by sending Onesimus back, Onesimus will now be useful um, to uh, Philemon, uh, whereas in the past he probably wasn't as effective. But now uh, Onesimus, having a new life, having new affections, uh, having a new birth, is now more than just a slave uh, to Philemon, but a brother as well. And we see that in verse 16. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but now much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. And uh, Paul ends uh, verse 18 by saying that if there's any wrong that's done, anything that um, there are any uh, financial difficulties, that, uh, that was caused by um, Onesimus, that he, they, he can charge into Paul's account. And we see that, that's like a little doctrine, a, a, a practical way of, of, 
um, uh, demonstrating what Christ has done for us, that he charged our sin into his account and that he gave us his righteousness while we gave him our debt because of sin. And today uh, we're going to look at the last uh, portion about the motivation of forgiveness. So we saw the models of a forgiving Christian and we saw the um, manners of a forgiving Christian. Now we're going to look at the motivation of a, of a forgiving Christian. We'll see it from verse 19 to the end of the book. Uh, verse 19, I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it, not to mention to you that you owe to me even your own self as well. <clears throat> Paul is uh, in, in trying to remind Philemon that um, it was because of God, ultimately because of God's sovereign plan and providence that uh, Philemon was able to also be shared, uh, also, also received the gospel from the teaching of Paul. Um, Paul said that he'll take all the debt, but also remember that like if it wasn't for Paul, Philemon wouldn't be saved. And this isn't some sort of like quid pro quo kind of thing. He's just saying that um, you, I mean, the, uh, the Lord have done so much more for you. Therefore, you need to be able to do something um, not even nearly as much as what the Lord has done for you, but for Onesimus. And Paul wants to uh, remind him of the debt that he owes, not necessarily to Paul, but ultimately to the Lord. Um, and, and by doing this, it's supposed to evoke in his heart, you know, invoke Philemon's heart, a forgiving heart. Um, it's unknown how bad Onesimus hurt him, but whatever it is, Paul's saying, like, just remember what the Lord has done on, <coughs> what the Lord has done for you. Verse 20, yes, brother, let me benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. This is the same word that was used earlier, uh, where Philemon, uh, was a was a blessing, and it was, and he was, and his actions were refreshing to the saints, the other saints. And now he's asking him to do the same, but to Paul. Uh, verse twenty says, "This blessing others is refreshing my heart." And and I, I think I briefly mentioned it yesterday that, but forgiveness can be a blessing to others, um, to those who just watch you, to, to just um, observers. Maybe those that are not in the conflict, maybe third party people that are aware of your conflict, but they can see. The way that you guys restore your relationship, it encourages them um, because it's a picture of what Christ has done, but also reminds them and convicts them of, of that sanctification is possible, that as hard as it is to let go of certain things, that it is possible because of what the work of Christ has done on the cross and, the, what, and with the indwelling Holy Spirit inside of us, we're able to do things that we normally would not be able to do. And forgiving each other and letting go of past conflicts is one of those things that's unique to the Christian life. And when you for, when you forgive, you can be a blessing and, and, and a refreshment to those that are watching. Um, and, and look, I said this earlier that people know that there's conflict between uh, individuals. You know, it's, it's, it's generally pretty obvious. Um, it may not be so to you, but if you have a conflict with someone, I'm sure other people see it. And when they see people get reconciled and restored the relationship, it is a true blessing and, and refreshing to see that. Um, because again, we live in this cancel culture and the church have always had that type of mentality, those those never called that, uh, where we would, uh, they, this person sinned against me and I never want to talk to them ever again. Uh, and that's not something that uh, Christians should um, have in the life of the church. Verse 21, having confidence in your obedience, I write to you, since I know that you will do even more than what I say. This is a call to obedience, and forgiveness is a command from the Lord. Um, he doesn't actually command him explicitly, but again, it's just appealing to his conscience. Um, 
and he's telling them to do the right thing because this is what God expects of them. I'm sure during the time when finally, or when Paul was ministering to Philemon and sharing the gospel with him, he he showed him the the, the severity of his own sin against the Lord and uh, how God has is willing to forgive him. He's trying to remind him of that. And that is for us as well. We have to remember how often we sin against God, and yet God is still willing to forgive us. No matter how bad things are, no matter how um, much we've sinned against Him, He uh, is willing to forgive um, every sin that we've done in the past, present, and in the future. Verse 22, At the same time, also prepare me a lodging, for I hope that through your prayers I will be given to you. Um, so Paul is hoping that once Onesimus gets back, um, and you know they reconcile, that he's going to go and see uh, the results of this. He, he, his hope, this is not a threat, by the way. He's not saying, I'm going to go see you um, so I can make sure that you guys are okay. But he really wants to see um, God working through these individuals. And when he sees that, it's going to be refreshing to him. Uh, he hopes that he's able to see how the Lord has changed the dynamics within the slave and master thing. And again, that's a testimony to the watching world who, you know, even during time there were slavery, in the Roman culture, it was not something that was easy, although it is culturally acceptable, but the, having a loving relationship between master and slave is something that is going to make people wonder, like, how come you have such a good relationship with one another? Why are you so kind to your slave? Why do you treat him with respect and love in the same way? Like, slaves, why are you so submissive? Why do you work so hard for your master? Um, why do you do all of these good things? And both of them can say what definitively is because of what Christ has done, because God has given them a new life, that their relationship with one another is different, even though their, their positions in their, in their earthly sense, in the society sense, are the same. Positionally, before the Lord, they're, not, they're no longer slaves and masters, but brothers in Christ. And that is, is, that's the same for us as well. <laughs> we are all united in Christ. And no matter what position we're in, whether you are someone that's retired or you're a high schooler or you're a middle schooler or whatever spectrum you're in, if you're a believer and there's conflict within anyone, you should be, willing, you should be able to reconcile that with, with, with anyone. Rest, restoration is just a normal uh, part of the Christian life. Um, uh, and it's sad to say, but there are a lot of church divisions in the world um, that happen because of just very superficial things. Uh, is in the South, um, if you ever listen to Steve Lawson preach, one of the things he says in the Bible Belt, in those places where like Christianity is kind of like the normal atmosphere, what you'll find is that churches there in the South will, will fight over small things, and they'll split over things that are like very trivial, like um, carpet colors, or worship styles, or singing uh, hymnal books, or contemporary music, or even the way the person preached. These are all um, surface level things um, and but at the same time like that uh, we have to understand although those things are those things actually do, do not matter in the in, in the big grand scheme of things the only thing that matter is that we show love to one another and the best way and one of the best ways is show love to each other and unity is that we forgive we let things go we don't harbor any bitterness we don't uh, treat people uh, differently we don't have any favorites or anything like that we have a genuine love and forgiveness towards one of one another. Verse 22, um, oh, sorry, verse 23, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus greets you, as do Mark, um, Archias, uh, Demas, Luke, my fellow worker. Well, this really, 
interesting because there are other believers here that I'm sure praying for them. Uh, Paul's writing with, uh, he's, he's writing this um, with Timothy and there's other people that are, that are aware of the situation and they're praying hard for this unity to have this restoration between these two. And I wonder if that's what you and I do, you know, in our own time when we see conflict in the church, you know, Matthew 5 tells us, bless are the peacemakers. When we see that there's conflict within with one person or another, do we pray that there is um, reconciliation be between the two? Or do we take sides? Do we say, oh, I, I am of this person, therefore, whatever that person done is probably the other person's fault. Uh, whatever conflict has, it has to be the other person. It can't be my friend or my guy or my Bible slate or whatever. No, as Christians, we understand that um, how we interact each with each other affects everyone. So when we see conflict, we want to do our best to pray for them in hopes that there is peace. Because when there is no peace in the church, it ruins the testimony of, of, of Christ. Um, and there should never be any tension with anyone in the church. Verse 25, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirits. This ends with the way it began, with the grace of God. Uh, it, it begins with reminding them of the grace that they have in, in, in the Lord. Um, great uh, 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 grace is what causes people to mature. Grace gives the ability for people to uh, to be saved. Uh, remember my first point in, uh, earlier this week. I said that if you want to have, if you want to be a, f a person that forgives, the, the first criteria, the main criteria, is that you understand that you are saved by the Lord. It's, it is that understanding, that baseline understanding of God's grace in your life that gives you the ability. It gives, and God gives you grace in that way to forgive those, to let things go, to, to let, um, just take the hit and to move on from things of the past. Because that's how our Father is. And we're called to emulate our Heavenly Father in this way. So, um, as, so when you think about this week, if you think about this weekend, or um, just think about your life. Are there people in your life that you need to restore your relationship with? Um, I've shared this whenever I do communion. I, ask, I generally ask, like, if you... Are some who have not um, made right with, if there's any conflict with, with you or anyone in the church, you need to leave your offering at the altar and be and restore that relationship with them. We find that in the New Testament, uh, as a New Testament principle in the Gospels, and that's true. Um, if you are someone that's been taking communion for so long and you haven't restored your relationship, you're sinning against the Lord. In fact, if you're harboring any sin or bitterness towards anyone now, you're sinning against the Lord. Um, this is not pleasing to him. The Lord knows. Maybe uh, people, some people in the church suspect it, but the Lord knows definitively. Um, and if that's you, and that's you today, I would um, exhort you to to make that, to call up that person, to have um, you know some sort of conversation with the person that, ha that has wronged you, and ask uh, and, and just and reconcile to whatever you can to restore that relationship. And when you do that, you honor the Lord in. Um, in, in your reconciliation because that's how Christ has reconciled us to the Lord. Let me close our time in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, this short little epistle, um, this uh, epistle that's just filled with practical examples of theological truth that allows us to uh, view our life in, uh, through um, your lens. And we hope that we are able to, um, to forgive those that have offended us, that we don't harbor any uh, uh, evil intent or or, or ill, but the, to trust you and just to be obedient to you in all that we do, especially in our relationships, Lord. Be with us. Give us grace if there's any uh, one of us that are struggling um, with um, bitterness or anger towards anyone. May we um, count uh, how much you've forgiven us so that we can forgive others as well. 
Thank you for this time that we have. Pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Uh, as a little teaser for next week, we're going to continue on our little Old Testament uh, post-exile book. Uh, we'll go through the book of Nehemiah. Uh, that should carry us all the way into perhaps December or so. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's, a, it's, it's just really cool to be able to uh, go through the, these passages expositionally with you. And I hope that this is encouraging and helpful for you as you um, live out your uh, life, and, and especially in this COVID-19 time. Thank you for listening.